It's a Wednesday, and as always, we visit with Brian Walton of thecardonation.com. We're brought to you by Ryan Kelly, and he is the home loan expert, thehomeloanexpert.com. And we visit with Brian Walton of thecardonation.com. Hey, uh, Brian, great to visit with you. How you doing? Happy New Year to you, Dan, and to all our listeners out there. Hey, Happy New Year to you and to all our listeners out there. Um, you know, I-, I wanted to get into what Bernie Miklas wrote about at uh, scoopswithdannymack.com. He brought up uh, three, you know, I-, I think very interesting prospects this past week, a couple of days ago on the website, and, I, you know, these are guys that, you know, I, I think – bring up a lot of interest for Cardinal fans, but I'm going to start with your thoughts on these uh, particular names that I think bring up a lot of interest for a lot of fans out there. And I'll start with this guy, Juan Yepes. What stokes your interest with Juan Yepes? So just if I, if I brought up the name Juan Yepes to you, what stokes your interest? Uh, you know, he's was the player who not only was the, player who emerged the most during 2021 in the Cardinal system, but he is, at least according to the Cardinal Nation, our, in our assessment, the player of the year in the system. And the, the St. Louis Cardinals haven't announced their player and pitcher of the year yet. They would normally do that in conjunction with winter warm-up, which, as folks know, has been postponed. But they'll get announced at some point. But Juan Yep has led the Cardinal system in RBI. He led the system in home runs. He led the system in slugging. But I think the most impressive thing is then he went down to the Arizona Fall League and this is now, you know, this is the elite prospect league in the game. And he ranked uh, uh, second in the league in RBI, second, tied for second with seven home runs, uh, tied for second in doubles, and was named the co-hitter of the year in the Arizona Fall League. And this is a guy that 12 months ago, you and I wouldn't even have been talking about Juan Yepes. He was a guy who had gotten to double A and, and really hadn't done much. And, you know, he really, really put it together. And, of course, as folks saw, he was added to the 40-man and the 26-man roster for the wild-card game, and he's, you know, very well positioned to compete for designated hitter at bats, you know, be a backup first baseman, you know, maybe play a little corner outfield in a pinch, but, you know, Yepes's claim to fame is going to be his bat, and that's what will keep him in the major leagues if that's what it turns out to be. How about Nolan Gorman? Well, Nolan Gorman, of course, everybody knows about Nolan Gorman, the top hitting prospect in the system for, for some time. And uh, there are those who say Jordan Walker's passed him yet, passed him. I'm not there yet because, you know, Jordan Walker's, while he's been exceptional, has been doing that in Class A ball. And we saw Nolan Gorman uh, play very, very well at AAA. Uh, his time in the Arizona Fall League was relatively brief uh, because of a, of a minor injury. I think it was a hamstring injury. But when Nolan Gorman did play before he got hurt, uh, he played exceptionally well in the Arizona Fall League. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see as the cooperative bargaining agreement gets put in place for the, you know, the upcoming um, seasons, how that will impact this issue of service time, which has been a concern of the players for a long time. Because, you know, in the old world, at least, or the current world, a guy like Nolan Gorman might not make the major league roster to start the year, but keep him down for a while, because that would mean an extra year of his services down the road. And that's a loophole or a or a benefit for, to the owners that the players would like to close up. But we're going to see Nolan Gorman in St. Louis before midway in the season unless something terrible happens. Well, we've heard so much about Yepes. We've heard so much about Gorman. But Brendan Donovan, we've heard a little bit about him, but we haven't heard a lot about Donovan. What have you heard about Donovan? 
Well, you know, Donovan is Brendan Donovan's an interesting guy because he can play all over the infield. Uh, picked up a little bit of short, which is you know really really important because he'd been primarily a second third base guy. Um, uh, very very polished hitter. Pro- might be the best pure hitter in the Cardinals minor league system, and he got added to the forty man roster um, this fall to protect him from the Rule Five draft. He's a guy that you know had he been available. He, you know, would certainly have gotten snapped up. And Donovan has an advantage that Yepes does not, and that is he hits from the left side. And the Cardinals, you know, have been looking for somebody to to play, you know, to um, be a left-handed hitter off the bench. So, you know, Brendan Donovan's in a situation where he could definitely come to camp and compete for a job. As we've seen, Jose Rondon has has is gone. He's left the organization. And so, you know, there's a spot for a middle infielder and uh, – you know, Brendan Donovan is a guy that could step up and do a job. He also played in the Arizona Fall League and uh, hit over 300 slash 941, you know, looked really, really good against that competition in the desert. So, you know, Brendan Donovan is a guy maybe a lot of fans haven't heard of, but he's another guy that I think, you know, we're definitely going to see get his chance in St. Louis this coming season. So if you want to read more about those three players, please go to thecardinalnation.com and Bernie Miklas wrote more about those uh, trio players a couple of days ago at uh, scoopswithdannymack.com, and you can find out more about those three players uh, on those two websites. Now, the catching situation is interesting. We know that Yadier Molina is coming back, but the backup situation, Brian, is kind of interesting. Where do we go right now with the immediate and, and what may happen with uh, opening day next year with the Cardinals, but also what may happen in the minor league system. It's it's really not set in stone right now, is it? No, it's really not. And, you know, Andrew Kisner has been the apprentice. He went down and, and played um, some winter ball in the Dominican Republic. But like a lot of guys, he only played until the holidays. And then, you know, that he ended his time in the fall league and I mean, in the, uh, in the winter league and, and went home for the, you know, went home for the holidays. I think he only got maybe 20 plate appearances. So, it was, you know, a few at-bats, but it wasn't enough to make a huge difference. And he's, you know, Kisner's certainly lined up to come to camp and be the reserve again. But he's also a guy that other teams may have some interest in as the Cardinals talk trades once the once the lockout has passed. And they've got a guy in Memphis. If folks come to the Cardinal Nation today and subscribe, you can read about our number 23 prospect, Ali Sanchez. He's a guy the Cardinals picked up from the Mets a year ago, right before spring training. And I talked to a veteran scout that I, whose opinion I've, I've known for years, and I respect his opinion very highly. And this scout flat out told me, right now, Ali Sanchez is a better catcher than Yadier Molina. And I said, really? come on. I said, come on. Come, come on. on. He says, well, you know, Yadier Molina, you know, while he's still very good, he's not what he used to be. And Ali Sanchez is that good. Now, Sanchez is not nearly as good of a hitter, but this scout went on to say, if it was up to me, Sanchez would be my backup in St. Louis because you want a guy where there's no drop-off defensively. You're not expecting really much hitting from your backup catcher anyway because they're always the last guy off the bench. There's a guy that you want to keep in reserve, you know, in case there's an injury. Now, I'm not saying that Sanchez is going to, you know, knock Kisner out of a job. More than likely, Sanchez, who's, by the way, playing in winter ball in Venezuela and playing very well, um, Sanchez, and he's only 24, and he's on a 40-man roster. You know, folks may have recalled he came up briefly when there were some injuries last year. But likely what will happen at the beginning of the year, if there's no major changes at the catching position, Sanchez will be the, the, the veteran catcher. And, of course, Ivan Herrera, who's the heir apparent to Molina, 
not Kisner, not not Sanchez. You know, Ivan Herrera will get his first extended time at AAA. He's now on the 40-man roster, and for Herrera, this will be his second year um, on the 40-man roster. And what that what that the significance of that is that players only get three years of minor league options once they're added to the 40-man roster. So while this isn't the year that that Ivan Herrera has to stick, 2020. Three will have to be the year that he will stick. So, you know, everybody's going to be watching very closely to see how Herrera hits in AAA. He's still growing defensively as well, but he's not a guy that's probably a first-half option unless there's, you know, crazy injuries at the position. But Herrera is another guy who, you know, could very well position himself to make his major league debut in 2022. The bottom line is there's a lot of good hitters now that are at the AAA level that – you know, are jockeying for their opening with St. Louis. And I think maybe the Cardinals will still in for agency bring in a veteran or two to compete for at bats, but I don't think they want to do anything to, to block these to block these young players for any long period of time. Very interesting. You mentioned hitters, you mentioned winter ball, and you are following at your website the uh the hitters that are trying to, you know, make a name for their the, the, themselves at winter ball. So what are those uh, hitters doing right now at Winter Ball? Well, the Cardinals this year, for whatever reason, seem to have a lot of catchers in Winter Ball. Um, so um, I talked about Torres. Uh, Carlos Soto is another catcher who has only played, you know, at high. He'll probably move up to Double A this year. Carlos Soto is again a very good defender and starting to come along with the bat as well. Is walking at about a twenty percent rate in addition to um, an OPS in the eight forty. So. Uh, he's a guy that you know could move up the pecking order as well. Um, the other the other guy that of course has been playing winter ball that's an interesting guy is John Torres, who is an outfielder the Cardinals picked up from the Indians a few years ago and great power potential, but really hasn't been able to quite put it all together yet. He's another guy that we could you know see uh, reach Double A and start to get his name in you know, in the big league picture in the near future. He's a guy that there was great hopes for, but really hasn't come through. But what we're seeing down in, um, in winter ball is that he is uh, not only uh, hitting over 300, but has a, a walk rate that's higher than a strikeout rate, which is a, a good thing to see from a young player. History of labor struggles. And you took a look at that at thecardinalnation.com. Yeah, we've got a series on that, and uh, one of our writers, Marilyn Green, is a uh, retired lawyer who has a history in labor law, and she sat down and decided, hey, you know, I'd really like to dig in more deeply to understand when these, when the labor, you know, battles between players and owners began, and surprisingly, it began back in the 1880s when <laughs> the reserve clause had already been in place, and that, of course, the reserve clause is what Kurt Flood um, you know, um, challenge in, in 1969, almost a century later, that, that basically ties a player to his particular team until the owner says they don't want him anymore. Um, needless to say, various organizations of baseball players occurred during that time, and for different reasons, they failed in terms of you know unionization. And uh, we, you know, we're two articles into the series now, and we're just in the early 1920s. So I encourage, and these articles are free. So I encourage people to come and learn about, you know, what was the Players League and why did it come to be, and when, you know, when did the American League come into being, and how did the unionization of players uh, affect the American League as it battled the more um, established National League. So a lot of history. 
and it's you know something interesting to read as we all sit and wait and you know watch for smoke signals that the owners and players are finally going to get down and get serious about resolving these issues that they have today. You have counted down the uh, top Cardinals stories of 2021, and uh, you came down to number one, and that was the uh, managerial change of the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, I've done top stories for I don't know what, probably 15 or 20 years, and generally nine times out of 10, the top story of the year from my perspective is how the team does, you know, because that's, let's face it, that's what it's all about, right? How's the major league team do? And, you know, the 17 game winning streak was obviously, you know, unprecedented and them, you know, coming from uh, playoff odds of, of less than 3% with a month to go in the season to making, you know, to making that wildcat game was a tremendous feat. But there were a couple of things that I thought were even more significant to the Cardinals, both short-term and long-term. Um, one of them was the trade for Nolan Arenado, which we kind of forget, some of us forget, happened in February of this of 2021. And that was our number two story because, you know, Nolan Arenado is going to be a Cardinal for seven, eight years and, you know, he'll continue to contribute like he has with gold glove and platinum glove and great offense. You know, that's a, that's a in my opinion, the most important trade for at, the third, at third base since Scott Rowland in 2002. But, yes, a number one story, I, and I think really more for shock value, Dan. I, I, you know, you and I talked about it on earlier, on earlier um, um, versions of this podcast. For sure. The fact that Mike Schilt left and the, the way that he left and the abrupt nature and with the questions around, you know, what really happened behind the scenes, for, for shock value and surprise, you know, that was the biggest story of the year for me. And, you know, it's great that Oliver Marmol was there and he was able, you know, he's able to step into the job and they got Skip Schumacher to come back. But, you know, that was something that nobody saw coming. And, you know, it will be very interesting to watch how the St. Louis Cardinals play in 2022 under Oliver, Mar- Oliver Marmol because, you know, we had seen Mike Schilt for, what, three and a half years. And um, Marmol says, you know, he's going to be his own man. Brian, thank you as always, and uh, let's catch up next Wednesday. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of baseball to talk about, even though there's nothing going on on the uh, labor front, but always baseball to talk about. That's right, and uh, look forward to doing it then. Thank you, sir.